It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. G'day everyone. Uh, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo studios. This is the call 10 stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it all in one hour and uh, a lot happening today. So let's get straight into it. Introduce the panel. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Michael, how are you, sir? Good to see you. you. Uh, Kevin Robinson from Team Invest joins us from Melbourne. Uh, Kevin, welcome to the program. Good to see you. Thank you, Koshi. Good to see you too. Uh, and I always love your posters in the background. <laughs> Coffee because murder is wrong. Love it. Uh, this half, we're going to talk about Resolute Mining, uh, Rediscore Resources, MA Financial Group, Avita Medical, and Reliance Worldwide are in the uh, first half hour of the program. Uh, stock of the day, um, thought we'd kick off with. Um, uh, with Citigroup uh, or with CSR as the stock of the day because it gave an update this morning. Uh, Citigroup have uh, come out and said that it missed expectations by about 15%, the big uh, building building products uh, group. Um, uh, strong result in revenue, but uh, uh, timing of some of the property issues may have had an impact. Um, uh, Michael, what do you think of mm. the CSR update? Yeah, look, it was, you know, a few things going on there. Obviously, um, you know, some parts are doing well. So the building products division doing well, as you can appreciate. Yep. There's quite a quite a pipeline of, of construction, and they noted that, you know, that still looks very strong. Um, but they've got an aluminium division, so that's been hit by higher energy costs, uh, and also they've got a property division that, uh, yeah hasn't hasn't been doing great either so it looks like they managed to increase the revenue by five percent but their earnings are down so just that typical story we've we've heard all year that yeah look the whole construction industry is great but you know costs for for a variety of businesses you know are a factor inflation and so on so it looks like it was yeah perhaps a slight miss on on what the market was expecting and that's very telling in the way that it traded as well. This morning it was up about five, five and a half percent. But on the way into the studio, it looked like it had lost right. all of those gains. So right. quite telling that the market's already decided. Well, you know, it's yeah, it's had a good run this year. I mean, since the end of last year, we're talking from about four dollars forty up towards six dollars. So I guess um, yeah, all the good stuff's priced in, and uh, that's probably as good as it's going to get for now. So uh, cut their dividend as well. Yeah, look, not, um, you know, when you can get 5% in the bank, um, you know, a lot of investors are, you know, they're happy to get dividends in their shares. And we could see with, with shares that don't pay dividends at the moment, they really do struggle unless they're growing quite rapidly. So, yeah, look, I think based on all of that, I'd avoid it for now. Um, I'd have it as a sell. And I think you could, you know, wait for an opportunity when it does get cheap yeah. um, and, and get in then. But at the moment, it looks like 
I can't see the upside from here. Yeah, Kevin, um, Julie Coates, the chief executive, um, in the in the statement said detached residential pipeline anticipated to support near term activity, while population growth from overseas migration will generate housing demand and significant federal and state government housing programs in the medium term. But it's closely monitoring these factors um, to to see whether there's a miss. And yeah, it, it came, we had building approvals came out yesterday, I think it was, down again um, to 10 year lows. So the pipeline is looking pretty skinny, isn't it? it you're right. These are all, of course, forward looking statements and it's always difficult to tell what's actually going to happen. But you're quite right, Koshi, that the whole residential property scenario if you like is is difficult everyone's saying we need more we need more housing uh, and the only way to uh, you know sort of uh, put a damper on the on the rapid growth and the unaffordability of housing is to is to have more supply and yet it seems to be a struggle to actually get those approvals to get that supply through so uh, yeah yeah you're quite right it, it's one to look at we haven't looked at CSR for a while. We looked at it in the past. The most recent one was uh, 2018, and the result was split pretty evenly between uh, members who thought it would be a potential wealth winner and members who didn't. And since then, it hasn't sort of come up uh, on our radar. Right. I remember at the time, we were concerned about their glass business, which I think they've got rid of, which is, yep. uh, is pretty good. We also had concerns about the aluminium business, which is still obviously a concern yep. for us and them, no doubt. Um, so, But other than that, the figures currently uh, are looking good on our filters, uh, except for the price, and the stability of earnings growth is a little low. Right. Um, so may, we may look at it again. Uh, we'll see see how it goes in the future and, as you say, see what happens with uh, with the uh, building approvals. Okay, but a not for you at the moment, doesn't... Not right now. Right. No, okay. I agree with Michael. If, you, if you're interested in it, uh, I would wait until the price comes down and, as you say, keep an eye on, on, on the approvals. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, let's get into uh, the stocks that you want us to have a look at and... Uh, Alicia, Michael wants a view on Resolute Mining, the uh, gold producer, uh, Australian-based gold producer, but um, has has mines in Senegal and and also Mali. Yeah, look, I, I don't mind the look of this one. I mean, we're we're positive on on the gold price. So in the past several weeks, we've been picking up some gold stocks. Um, not oh. this one, um, Evolution and and Perseus, but. Um, yeah, we believe the you know the price of gold can increase from here. So this is pre you know war in the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, more of a play on um, you know there's I guess you could say there's this turmoil in or uncertainty around uh, you know the value of paper money nowadays. Uh, but but mainly we're looking at you know rates peaking, you know bond yields peaking and and coming back down from from those rapid rises and, and the US dollar retreating as well. And, the, and the, mm. all those things are positive. So last night's decision gold. by the Federal Reserve sort of plays into that quite nicely. Fed it does. deciding to keep official interest rates on the hold, taking the market a bit by surprise. Yeah, it? look, I mean, the gold stocks aren't doing uh, much today, um, but they, 
look, they have been holding up pretty well in the last few weeks because of the the war um, in the Middle East. But but generally, as a trend, as as those as those rates come down and the US dollar comes down, that's a positive for gold. You know, the gold chart looks quite bullish. It looks like it wants to go for a bit of a run. So we're happy to to now hold some gold. Um, as I said, our, our picks are Evolution and Perseus. But when it comes to Resolute Mining, I'd be happy to buy this here as a mm. you know, as another speculative trade. Um, it's come down a long way too, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Look, down to the 30 cents. Yeah, I, I noticed that the only major analyst that covers it is Macquarie and they've got a, a 56 cent target. Oh, okay. um, you know, the Senegal factor, that's a negative, of course, uh, bit of risk there. Risk. But yep. I think the main thing with these companies is you will you want to be looking for those that are producing. Again, in a market, yeah, in an environment where you can get 5% in the bank, I think any any business on the on the ASX needs to be producing cash flow. Otherwise, um, yeah, investors aren't interested. So it's a good thing that these guys are actually producing. Um, they seem to be doing a good job. Their recent quarterly update seemed to be better than expected. Um, so yeah, happy to have this one as a speculative buy. Okay, spec buyer, but in the sector, you prefer Evolution and Perseus? Yep, yeah, okay. but they should all, look, unless there's any sort of, yeah, unexpected company risk with this, they should all just go up with the gold price. Right, okay. Um, Kevin? <laughs> uh, I think I think you know more or less what I'm going to say, Koshi. Yep. Uh, I, I agree, I agree with Michael, speculative, if you're interested, but that's not one that we would uh, we would look at it doesn't meet our filters. I mean, you know, the gold aspect is a commodity, of course. They've got no pricing power, so that's a big thing. But they ha- they've had a number of years of uh, making losses. The most recent, they've made uh, actual profits, which is good, and they are producing, and those those are two good points. But their return on equity and return on capital is way below what we would, we would want. Um, and uh, looking at their... Uh, shares on issue. It looks like they've been, you know, tapping the shareholders for uh, more money along the lines as well, which is um, typical of an explorer. Although they are they they are producing and exploring, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see profits actually coming in in a reliable way. Right. Um, and also, you, you would have to being an African based miner, you would have to uh, consider that to be a risk. Uh, more risky yep. than if they were doing it here in Australia. Okay, so uh, but your your filters, you really don't get involved in any resource stocks, do you, Team Investor? Very rarely. Uh, do you? Are there any gold stocks? Not right now. No. Right. No, there aren't any gold stocks that we're interested in. Um, right. So yeah, no, not really. We. We rarely get involved in mining. Some pass our filters occasionally. This right now, uh, in this last triage we've had, uh, Rio and BHP passed our filters. Right. But uh, that's when, you know, iron ore prices were very high. So you have to say, well, they're a commodity. It's likely in the future that iron ore prices may well come off. We don't know. Right. Um, so they're a bit, you know, they don't really fit our profile. Okay. Uh, we do mineral resources is one we look at a lot. Um, and that's largely because in the past it has been a, uh, a mining services company, which was much more predictable. Yeah, yeah, okay. And a number of people own shares in, my, in mineral resources. Okay. It's also run 
very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Ellison um, seems to have yeah. have a big, big following, big fan base amongst analysts. Um, our second stock, Colin, wants a view, uh, Kevin, on Renascore Resources. Similar comments from you on Renascore as it was to Resolute? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's a stock that looks like it uh, could have a good future if they start making money. And it looks like the trend is good in the sense that their losses are reducing. Um, although if you have a look at their uh, shares, uh, their shares on issue, the graph there looks like an excellent graph that we would love to see in their earnings per share growth. Right. <laughs> uh, it's not happening. Right. Um, they don't have any debt, which is good. Um, and I like the idea that, you know, the space they're in where they're looking at uh, graphite and producing graphite um, and they're developing uh, alliances to build that graphite into, you know, and sell into the battery market and, and actually add value to the graphite. Right. Um, so I wish them luck in the future and it may well, you know, with a few more, uh, few more years of profits, it may well come up on our radar and we may well look at it. Okay. Not right now for you, though. Um, what do you reckon, Michael? Because as Kevin said, it's um, in the graphite, um, which, of course, is used in, in lithium batteries. Yeah. Uh, also, some of the exploration projects, uh, copper, gold, uranium. Yeah, so it looks like these guys, um, so they've got a... Uh, tenement down in, in South Australia. Yeah. So they've even received loans from the government to build um, a processing plant from what I can understand. Um, graphite's become pretty topical in the, in the past week because China is looking to ban their exports of graphite. So there was a little bit of a jump up in the share price of, of this one as well as, as Syra. Um, They've got cash. It's about $128 million in the bank. I, I'm not sure how fast they're burning through that, but they have been raising money along yep. the way. So looking at some of their recent announcements, they're still trying to um, you know, get some offtake agreements and, and so on. So I think the viewer was curious about whether they'd be raising more money down the track. I, I guess the answer would be a yes. Um, I don't know how far away they are from actually making money. Um, so look, graphite, export bans from China, that's a positive. The negative is these guys aren't anywhere near being able to capitalise on that. I don't know how far away they are. Um, and the other thing we'll have to look into is whether there are other you know, much larger mines that are producing graphite already. So maybe yeah. by the time these guys join the party, it's maybe too it's late. too late. Yeah. So look, I'd, I'd be avoiding it for the moment. I mean, for those who like to trade it, I've noticed um, some interesting levels on the chart. 18 cents to me seems to be a key level. So I think if it can get above that, you might have a bit of a trade on your hands. But as a long-term investment, again, for a company that's not making money, um, I just don't see it going anywhere in, in this environment for a while. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that that's two resource stocks we've uh, kicked off with. Let's go back to the industrial boards um, and financial services. And uh, Kevin Phillip wants a view on MA Financial, which has been described in some circles as a sort of mini Macquarie bank. Um, uh, it's an investment bank that's listed. 
um, also has a, um, operates a lot of property syndicates, has a big wealth business as well. Um, how does MA Financial come up? They, yeah, they certainly look like they're they're at least trying to be a mini Macquarie, don't they? They're, they're yep. offering uh, they're offering a full range of financial services. In 2022, they also bought uh, Fincher mortgage, mortgage aggregators, so they've got you know mortgage brokers on their books as well for, to help with their loans and lending money. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't meet our uh, filters. Uh, one of the big ones is debt to equity, and of course, with them as with Macquarie. You have to look at what they're using that debt for. Is it is it more like a bank, or are they investing more in in good quality infrastructure type uh, investments, or you know how are they using that debt? Uh, but the other thing is their return on capital is below what we would expect, and the stability of earnings uh, and sales growth is not. It's within our limits, but not not the best for us. Um, other than that, uh, I would say. They don't have a full 10 years of history, um, which for us makes it a do, little more do, do, do you do 10 or 5? I thought it was 5 team invest. Well, it, sure. it, yeah, it's 5 to get onto our radar, if you like. Right. But uh, we have done some studies uh, amongst our members and Howard in particular um, and found that if you have a full 10 years of history, the... Uh, the earnings and so forth, the earnings growth and everything is is much more predictable. Right. Um, so it comes on our radar at about five, four or five, uh, and then perhaps we start looking at them. Right. Um, and then and then I mean, and, you know, members do run their own portfolios, so some members I'm sure buy in early. Um, but what we found is that uh, ten years works better for the predictability of what they're going to do in the future. Okay. All right, uh, Michael. What do, you, what do you think of MA Financial? Of course, its uh, boss is Andrew Pridham, the president of Sydney Swans. Its chairman um, is Jeff Brown, president of Collingwood. So a, a very AFL flavour at the mm. top of MA Financial. So is that a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I hold my judgment. <laughs> um, They're both good blokes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Look, I... Uh, the, the short answer is I'd be happy to hold it here. Right. Um, it's it's not one I'd be rushing out to buy. Um, yeah, the earnings have been a bit bit up and down recently, but it's very much a function of what's happening in markets. So, yeah, markets are difficult, have been difficult over the past year or two. So therefore, it's been difficult for for these guys to make money. I mean, on the positive side. Um, they have been growing funds under management, which is a big problem for a lot of those other fund managers mm. out there in the market, which I don't like. Yep. So look, that's that's a good thing. And I think for these guys, it's just a case of just need markets to get better and they'll go up. Yep. Um, they, have, they, they have got into the mortgage business as well, haven't they? Which yeah, look, seems to be a growth area for them, a bit like it's been for Macquarie as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how CBA reacts. We've, we've seen the the news in the past couple of days, Commonwealth Bank's lost quite a bit of yep. um, sort of market share in, in mortgages. I wonder if they strike back. Um, but I think ultimately this this stock, I mean, when I look at the way it's traded for the last couple of years, it just resembles the, the ASX 200 really. So um, I'd be happy to hold it here because I think the market's going to bounce from here and I think you'll get an improvement in the share price. But um, ultimately, 
if I was looking to buy something down here, I'd, I'd buy Macquarie Bank over right uh, over this okay. one. Okay, if that and what, would you more buy reliable? Um, yeah, Macquarie Bank, obviously with the, the track record and yeah, um, yeah, a few extra things going on there. I think that's you know, a bit of a more sure bet that you'll get right. a return. Would you do any of the big four? Uh, not really. I, look, CBA I think is the higher quality bank. So if I was looking for a big four bank, I'd always go for CBA as the higher quality bank. Um, but I think with the market down at these levels, you'll get a bounce in. Yeah, I'm still I'm still quite overweight resources. I think you get a bigger move in those. I think Macquarie can move well from here. Um, the major banks, yeah, maybe maybe oh, not so much. Okay. All right. Uh, next stock, uh, uh, Andrew wants a view, Michael, on Avita Medical, the healthcare company in uh, specialising in regenerative medicine. Um, this was the uh, company that that started around Fiona Wood, uh, who invented and painted the um, uh, the Burns system, um, Resell, it's called, uh, uh, the spray on skin. Um, uh, originally, she invented that in 1993, uh, West Australian doctor. Now Resell is approved and sold right, right around the world in this space. Uh, what do you think of Avita? Um, if I start off with the way it's trading on the chart, it looks like yeah, this, this could be a bit of a low for it. Um, short term, it has fallen. It looked like um, they're waiting on a, an FDA approval for yep. resell, and that was delayed. So, so that saw the share price head from about four fifty to where it is now, just over three dollars. So clearly, that's weighing on sentiment. Um, look, I, I do find these these you know businesses quite difficult because you know the results can be very binary. You either get your approval mm. or you don't, and it's it's make or break. So yeah. they me- can be me- very risky. medical developments. Uh, yeah. International came up. The other week on on the call, that's a similar thing, isn't it? With its um, green stick pain relief yep. uh, that keeps getting uh, not rejected by the FDA, but they're asked for more information, yeah, more delays, and, and, yeah. more delays and, and has a big impact. Yeah, investors get fed up, and again, I come back to the point of in this environment, if you you know, how long do you want to wait with a company that's not giving you a return when you get yep. a return in the bank? So we really have to be careful with what we're investing in. It's not like 2021 where you just didn't didn't matter. Yep. Um, so look, I'd, I'd have it as a speculative hold, not necessarily a buy. Um, a speculative if, hold. If there's such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, just making so, your, so making your that, terms up now. Because that, that, that gives me the impression that it's a bit iffy even yeah. to hold it. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I, you know, resells, you know, they're, yeah, it's it's not just an FDA thing. I think it's being yeah. being used here and, um, you know, with, with trials and so on. So it seems like they're, they're close to the path of getting that approval. Yeah. Um, and you've had a bit of the heat come out of the share price because of that because of that delay. So it's not like it's still trading up at $6 like it was a few months ago. We're talking right. about $3 stock now. So so maybe it's a little bit more palatable down here mm. to, oh, to keep it as a punt. Okay. So a speculative buy, a speculative hold, hold more on leaning towards a spec buy rather than a sell. Uh, no, I think just it's just a hold. Okay, all right, just yeah. a <laughs> um, Kevin, what about Avita Medical? They're earning uh, money. Yeah. They're not making money, they're making losses. So, yeah. Earning you know, revenue. Get them yet. This is one of those uh, that I wish them 
all the best of luck because I hope I hope they're I hope they succeed wildly and and you know they're able to uh, make people's lives a lot better. Interesting thing about this one, they they're dual listed in Australia and the US. Yeah. A few years ago, they moved over and listed in the US on the Nasdaq. On the well. Nasdaq, yes, yeah. that's right. Um, we've been recently looking at another one that did the same, which is uh, ResMed, of course. Yes. Early in their history, they did that. They moved over to the US, and they've got uh, you can buy either from either market. Um, since they moved to the US, their sales have impro- have increased, and the growth in their sales has increased quite rapidly. So, at this stage, they seem to be uh, you know, getting into that market quite well, hopefully. Um, but yes, for us at the moment, I, I agree with Michael. Uh, I'm not even sure. I mean, for us, it wouldn't even be a hold at this stage. Right. Um, but if, and they've also obviously been uh, doing capital raisings along the way, if someone wanted to support them in their mission, if you like, um, a good way to do that to get money to them is to participate in one of the capital raisings because that then puts money directly into the into the business. Right. Um, for us, oh, it would be very okay. Uh, you mentioned ResMed. Is that on your radar yeah. at the moment? That's pretty topical. It's uh, it's been uh, share prices dropped a fair bit. Yeah. Well, yes, and that's one of the reasons it's come. On. I mean, it's been on our radar for a long time, but we've been looking at it quite a bit this month. And the reason is because the share price is coming back within range where we consider it might be a, a good buy. Ah. Um, and a number of our members have have bought some from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, and we've done some reviews of it. And, of course, the other thing affecting it is the uh, GLP-1 drugs like Ozempic yep. and speculation about the effect that they'll have. Uh, I think for the most part our members, a uh, number of whom are doctors, um, have concluded that uh, that is a bit overblown. And, right. you know, even if it does have an effect – it's a few years down the track before it's seen okay. and then All right. see what happens and ResMed can react. So so ResMed is good buying at this level. CSL, if we if we keep in healthcare stocks, has been a massive team invest favourite for years. At two hundred and thirty yes. bucks, is it still a favourite? Uh, well, <laughs> we shouldn't react to prices. I mean all yeah. we're human and so we do, obviously. Um, but uh, the answer is yes, but we're watching it um, because there have been a few developments which, uh, you know, you sort of wonder about. The, there's also a relatively new CEO. He, uh, this was his first AGM, um, and uh, I wasn't able to attend, unfortunately, but it was. I gather it was a very lively AGM, okay. mostly from what I understand around the share price. They talked about the Ozempic effect, um, and it does appear to be a very, you know, if it does have an effect, it only affects a very, very small um, portion of their portfolio. Mm. One of their big strengths is that uh, they're big enough that they have quite a number of uh, drugs under development and in research phase, so they can roll them out uh, yeah. at, if they become successful. They're not a one-product company, if you like. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... Getting back to Avita, that's one of the risks of that, is that it, at the moment it's essentially a one-product company. Yeah. Although they do say that it can be used to treat other skin conditions like vitiligo, for example. Right. Okay. And uh, of course, CSL will 
makes a lot of money out of the US, which the current exchange rate will uh, will help them as well. Uh, yes, should give right. them a bit of a lift. And they're saying they're saying their blood uh, their blood uh, donations are, are going up rapidly now as well. In right. The, in the past, so. Okay. All right, uh, let's get out of healthcare now and uh, into education. Lachlan, Michael, wants a view on <coughs> EDU, which offers uh, vocational education to uh, the student market, also fitness, uh, sport and recreation, massage therapy, dance, dance teaching. Um, mm. What do you think of EDU? Um, unfortunately, this is one of those ones where we have to sort of stop it right there because it just does a trade every day. It's right. just next to no volumes. It's a 20, $24 million market cap. Um, right. But even then, it looks like the business is, is not, not profitable at the moment either. So I don't think it's um, ever come up on the call no, on my time. time it. First time I've heard of it at all. Yeah, I, so I was, was thinking, oh, is that meant to be IDP, or, or, but EDU, mm. yeah. So it looks like it hasn't traded for a number of days and even then it was such right. a small parcel. So right. unfortunately it just makes it impossible to Oh, to hang on, in. why have I gone to EDU? EDU's <laughs> in the next half hour, Reliance. That's Sorry, right. let's, let's go to the other you extreme. To to Sorry, <laughs> uh, before we get on to EDU, I've just scrolled up a bit further than I should have. Reliance. Um, is not not a micro cap. It's re- um, a big cap company into plumbing, heating products. Um, uh, Fourteen plants around the world. Um, so it, it's very different. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. Look, very. Yeah. Very. Very different company. Um, yep. Look, they had a recent trading update. So they're they're not just locally. They're they're in the Americas, Asia Pacific, Europe. Um, Looks like trading conditions in in America and um, and Asia seems seems okay. Um, their updates seem to suggest that they're struggling a bit in the UK and Europe, which which makes sense. It seems as though um, those economies are struggling, and we even saw some. Um, I think there were some PMIs out of Europe recently, or some CPI numbers also, um, uh, and some other numbers out of Germany a couple of days ago. So, yeah, the whole. Sort of the EU does seem to be sort of languishing a bit. Um, you know that might mean that uh, that's it for rate rises over there. But you know until they start cutting rates and getting that economy going, it looks like it'll be a bit more of the same. So um, look, the share price has come back over the past few months. I mean, generally just in line with the market, it seems a bit more fair value now. Um, so I'd say it's it's a hold at best. Um, I just can't see the the catalyst yet for this one to um, to recover from here. It uh, yeah, mm. just quite difficult with sort of slow demand and, um, and and high inflation. Just might keep this one heading sideways for a bit longer. Okay, uh, Kevin, what's your view on Reliance? Yes, it it, it meets most of our. Filters overall, the the uh, the only one that uh, doesn't is the return on equity. The return on capital hasn't always been the ten percent that we like. Um, I agree with I agree with Michael uh, that the recent share price has brought it more into reasonable territory. I think we make we make the uh, price earnings ratio about twelve point nine. Um, that's on our historical look at PE ratios. Um, 
they do good quality uh, plumbing type materials, water flow and control and uh, monitoring solutions, fitting pipes, that sort of thing. So, and they, they operate in the US and Europe, as, as Michael says. And they've got factories manufacturing in Brisbane, Melbourne, China, Spain and the US. So their manufacturing mm. is, is well spread. Um, yeah, but I, I, it's not one that we would look at just yet. Okay, all right, but, um, but is pretty close. Makes it, a fair view of your filters. It might come up. Might come up if they can bring their earnings, uh, their uh, sorry, return on equity and return on capital up in the right. future. Um, it might might come up. Have a look at it. Okay. All right. Let's uh, recap the first five stocks that we've been through at the moment. Uh, stock of the day: CSR after their update earlier this morning. A no from Kevin. A sell from Michael. Um, Resolute is um, a speculative buy from uh, from Michael, uh, a no from Kevin. Uh, while it's a speculative buy from, um, from Michael, um, they've been preferring Evolution and, and Perseus over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Renascore, a no from both. Uh, MA Financial, a no from Kevin. A hold from Michael um, would still, if, you, if you're looking at that type of financial institution, um, Michael would still prefer Macquarie over over MA. They're uh, similar in a lot of areas. Uh, Avita Medical, a speculative hold from Michael. Um, a no from Kevin. Uh, in that health care sector, though, uh, Team Investor been following um, ResMed pretty closely over the last uh, couple of weeks um, and attending to light ResMed at these levels. Uh, Reliance, a no from Kevin and a hold from Michael. Um, In this half hour, we're going to be uh, covering Dalrymple Bay, uh, sorry, EDU, Dalrymple Bay Infrastructure Facility Centres, Universal Stores and Solbar. Um, So Michael, EDU, as we sort of Mm. previewed about five minutes ago, just too small for you. Yeah, it just does a trade. So that's you know, a yeah. big problem if you're an investor, if you somehow get your hand on some shares and then you change your mind or something happens to the company and yeah. everyone else is trying to rush for the exit as well. Yeah, um, yeah and, yeah. It's, and it's not as though they're, they're profitable and, and you'll, you'll benefit yeah. from a lack of liquidity if everyone then wants to start buying it. And you, you sometimes think, uh, what you were saying, $20 million market cap, mm. you sometimes wonder why these stocks yeah stay on the market if they've got if they're a shell company you know mm. obviously they want to sell to somebody else but if you've got an operating business there just the, co- the listing costs yeah. and the governance um costs yeah. on a 20 minute million dollar company must be enormous it, yeah, so it just it take a private yeah okay yeah. uh kevin you wouldn't even blink at this one <laughs> <laughs> it, well, I mean, the main, as you say, it, I agree with Michael completely. As as you say, the the main filter it doesn't meet is it doesn't meet our, our uh, market cap level, which is we cut off at two hundred million, and it's largely for the liquidity uh, things. Although, as long term shareholders, liquidity should not be as much of a concern uh, as it would be for a trader. Uh, but even so, uh, the other thing, Koshi, is uh, you know those dog toys. Yeah. Um, the ones yeah. where you put a treat in there and the dog has to work to get the treat. Yep. As an, and I know you're wondering where I'm going to go with this. 
as an investor, I'm I'm a bit like a dog in that in the sense that uh, when I go to the company's uh, website, for example, I like to have to work a bit to find the information. I want the information to all be there for you know investors, but I don't want it to be right up front on the first page. Um, and if you go to their website, that's exactly what they do: is they put you know, things like their share price and their uh, ASX announcements and all of that right up on the front page because I'd rather personally, in a good quality business, I'd rather see the um, website mainly devoted to customers. Right. Yep. Okay. That's a really good point. Really good point. All right. Uh, next stock up is the Dalrymple Bay Infrastructure Fund, Kevin. This, of course, is the infrastructure fund that that basically owns all the port facilities of Dalrymple Bay up in North Queensland there that services all the coal mines from uh, uh, from the Bowen Basin basically is home. Yep, that's right. I think I think we've looked at this one before, Toshi on Ausbiz. Yep. yep. Um, and yes, uh, for us, it does. It's only got a few years of history, so we wouldn't be looking at it. But it is an interesting one. Uh, perhaps for the future, because as you say, and they're mainly metallurgical coal yes. that they export, and they export it worldwide. Uh, and in the the transition to zero uh, zero emissions, of course, at the moment, I don't think there's anything that's viable for, for uh, steel refining, certainly from iron ore. Uh, there's no viable alternative to metallurgical coal, yeah. coking. Yeah, just, um, just to explain the difference to people, metallurgical yeah. coal goes into steel mills, the thermal coal goes into power plants, doesn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And metallurgical coal is usually the higher higher quality in terms of heat, is my understanding. Yeah. Um, there, there are some alternatives. There's an electric arc arrangement for mainly for recycled steel, but I think for, for steel from iron ore, it's not quite viable yet. Uh, so... Metallurgical coal will be a good transition. They have a now they have a lease. They have one hundred percent interest in a ninety nine year lease on that Dalrymple Bay terminal. Yep. So yeah. Yep. Hey, I think what, that'll, that'll see out my lifetime, Koshi. Yeah, exactly. So, um, do you look at infrastructure funds at all through the team invest filters? Because would the debt levels of in infrastructure funds? sort of automatically exclude them for from what you look at? To some extent in the raw filters they do, but if 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 there is a compelling case uh, for infrastructure, um, we you know, then we might look at the debt levels and say, okay, we might accept higher than normal. Right. Um, yeah. That, so we are, can are there aren't many that yeah. Right. Yeah, because we had Atlas Arterial came up yesterday. Uh, APA came up the day before. They're all big infrastructure funds as well. Um, do any of any of them get on the list for Team Invest? They, they haven't yet. Right. Yet. Okay. Uh, Michael, what do you think of uh, the Dalrymple Bay Infrastructure Fund? It, it owns the Hay Point Terminal, of course, in just south of Mackay. I didn't realise it was the world's largest coal facility. Yeah, it's I had huge. to look into into this one a bit more. It wasn't really on my radar yeah. at all, to be honest. But um, look, I've I've got the view that um, obviously 
the way this will perform very much depends on the global economy and the the economy of China, of course. Yep. And you know, there were some weak PMI numbers out this week um, from China, but you know, I've taken the view that that we've pretty much seen you know the lows or the worst of of what's happened with China. They're they're clearly stimulating the iron ore prices already on the way back up, and and we like our iron ore stocks. And and I think the share price of this will just yeah, obviously, if volumes pick up because of that, then the share price of this should pick up as well. So just that general view um, that all of that should continue to improve. Um, I think it it warrants a hold. I mean, it's trading well. It has an uptrend. Nothing wrong yep. with the way it's trading. So um, look, it's not one I'd I'd go out and buy. I'd rather um, you know look at your your BHPs or, or your Fortescues of the world. But um, if you're holding this, I don't see any reason at the moment why it should. Um, be at risk of not continuing uh, Infrastructure stocks, do you ever look at those as sort of a defensive mm. play? The Transurbans, the APA, as mm. I said, which are sort of the the gas pipelines, sort of a toll road for gas? <laughs> yeah, not not in this environment because of you know, high interest rates and, and high debt levels. Yeah. Because um, they not, all have a high debt levels. Yeah, I'd rather not be there. And, and, and again, investors tend to buy those stocks because they think they're stable and they get a mm. dividend. But again, if you and can have your money- in, They're an inflation hedge, they reckon particularly toll rates. Yeah, but the problem is you you know, you know, have your, you could have your money in the bank getting 5% or you could buy Transurban and get 5%. Transurban right. share price has actually gone backwards in the last several months. So you've got that equity risk for a return that's not much better than cash in the bank. So right. you really need, well, from my point of view, I, I really want a company that's gonna grow yeah, yeah, at a decent okay. decent clip. Um, otherwise, it's not worth being there. All right. Okay. Uh, next stock, uh, Aaron wants a view on a REIT, the uh, the uh, uh, vicinity uh, centres. Um, currently, the second largest manager of Australian retail property. Um, those people in Melbourne, Chadston Shopping Centre, your beloved Chadston Shopping Centre, which has great reps as a, a retail hub in Melbourne, is part of the portfolio. Um, how do you see it, Michael? Um, I, look, I still think that these these REITs are worth keeping an eye on because you know they'll there'll be an opportunity when you know, the whole um, perspective on rates turns around, you know, interest rates. So. Yeah, vicinity centres, unfortunately, there's because of the retail aspect, that's been quite weak um, over the past sort of few months or so. I mean, their results earlier in the year were better than the most recent results. But it looks like with a quarterly update yesterday, it seemed to be in line with what, what everyone was expecting. Um, so the share price held in. Looks like they're selling one of their sites in Victoria to buy the the rest of Chatswood Chase that they own about half of and they're going to develop. Oh, that. they own so, Chatswood Chase as well. Okay. Yeah, so so Sydney Ciders. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I couldn't be rating it as a buy, buy at the moment, but I just think that, that these these stocks are a bit a bit unloved and you, know, you might find the whole, as I said, the whole narrative around interest rates and the expectation for interest rates might change pretty quickly. Right. Um, and therefore, these will get a bit of a look in. I mean, we've seen today... Um, you know, the share price is up 3%. Goodman yeah. Group's up about 25 3%. Okay. Charter Hall. Which is, is, that, is that because of the Fed decision last night? Yeah, so, it's got to be. Yeah. Uh, for, for those people who, who aren't across uh, the issue with REITs and, and why they're on um, such a discount, 
to the value of their assets is not only because of um, if they're a commercial property REIT, the working from home and valuations and with retail REITs, it's all about the economy slowing down, consumers going into their shell. They also have high levels of debt, which have been hit by higher interest rates. So what what a, a lot of the analysts like you, Michael, have been mm. saying, while there's any fear of bond rates going up and interest rates going up, these are going to get hammered. But once interest rates reach their peak and come down, mm. this is the sector, it's all in the timing, that's yeah. likely to get a big jump up, maybe back to the value of their assets. Yeah, exactly. And look, I've, I've had an interest in the, in the office REITs. I've probably been a bit, you know, six months too early. But, yep. but again, I think just unloved sectors smashed by higher interest rates. Um, you know, are we seeing a turning point Look, it's a big call, but possibly we're seeing a turning point in those bond yields. I mean, they've gone up vertically in the past several weeks and nothing that goes up vertically stays up there. They always come back down the same way. We just have to look at a um, chart of bond yields going back to the dawn of time. They all they have this sawtooth tooth pattern. So, you know, potentially if we're So would you get into vicinity now? Uh, Look, I... I'm already holding Goodman Group. Right. Um, we've got some some Charter Hall, so I don't want to add another one right. yet. But if you're out there um, without any property exposure, I think it's worth keeping an eye on these things. And if you're in it, and if you get a bit of, I think if you're in it, you'd, you'd hold it. Right. This could be a, a bit of a turning point. I mean, we only have to think back to when um, rates went up in in 2021. So the movement in the yields was at least a few months before yep. any of the central banks started raising rates. So if the if the yields are starting to come down now, despite whatever anyone else thinks is going to happen next week with the RBA, um, if they really do start coming down and we get some follow through over the next few weeks, then you'd just be months away mm. from, from a potential okay. movement in Interesting. rates. Interesting. Uh, Kevin, what do you think of vicinity centres? Well, uh, it actually passes our filter for debt at the moment, um, but not for some of the other things. Uh, the return on capital and return on equity is too low for us, um, and the stability of earnings growth is very low. They've been making losses and that sort of thing. And you, you're quite right, Koshi. I think there is many a Melbourne man who quakes <laughs> in his life or partner mentions Chadston. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, re- as a retail uh, as a retail owner, the other aspect about this uh, in recent years is that with online retailing, that's changed the power dynamics between shopping centre owners and, and you know people involved in shopping centres and the actual retailers themselves. So that's something to bear in mind with all of this in terms of shopping centres as well. But doesn't pass your filters there? No, it doesn't okay. pass our filters. All right. No. Uh, and we're more in- we're more interested in things like, uh, as Michael says, like uh, Goodman Group and uh, Solpats. That right. sort of that sort of is okay. much more interesting to us. Gives you more exposure. All right, uh, um, Kevin. Michael wants a view on Universal Stores, the uh, uh, the big retail chain, mainly focused at, at the youth market, and 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 also we shouldn't forget um, workwear as well. Yes. Yes. Uh, as you say, they're very strong in the <coughs> market. Um, Peter, Bert- Peter Bertels is the chairman there who was the CEO and MD of uh, Super Retail Group. 
So uh, be interesting to see. I mean, for us, it doesn't have the listed history. It's only got a, about three years of listed history. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be an interesting one to watch. Uh, I would say that they, they've been making profits uh, across the board. It looks pretty good, except their debt is high-ish. It still falls within our our uh, filters, but it's getting getting a little bit high for us. So we'll see. It'd be worth watching to see what they do with that. Their PE is very low uh, compared to the last four years. As is, yeah, it's, we make it about nine point eight on a look, looking at the historical PE point of view. Um, as is the case with a lot of retailers, their PEs have been coming down uh, with worries in the market about what's going to happen with high interest rates and contraction of consumer spending, that sort of thing. Um, but for me personally, uh, with their short history, there are other retailers that I would look at like JB Hi-Fi, Accent Group, uh, you know, uh, some, some of those. Okay. okay. Michael, Universal Stores? Um, yeah, look, I'd, I'd avoid this one for now. Um, there, there are some retailers out there that, that Kevin mentioned that um, should hold up well. I, the reason, yeah, the main reason is their demographic. So it seems to be that that younger demographic, and um, I'd say they're not as resilient to these rising interest rates right. um, as you know, some other demographics. So. You know, young people, sort of less disposable income, generally have have loans as well. Um, and as we've seen with some of the overseas um, you know, retailers or even some of the luxury retailers, they're they're moving to try to get through these tougher times. They're moving more towards um, their sort of higher end products where they could still raise prices and move it for for that particular mm. sort of high net worth demographic, older demographic. Um, whereas, yeah, this this sort of area I think will struggle, and we've seen that in in retail sales. I know that the headlines a few days ago when we saw Australian retail sales was yeah, it was a little bit higher than expected. But when you actually look at the numbers and take out inflation, mm. sales in in Australia have actually and population gone backwards. Growth. Well, mm. we've got five hundred thousand new customers mm. this year just through immigration. Um, yeah. I saw. An incredible chart that if you take that out of the retail sales, they're down significantly yeah, when you yeah. take into take out immigration, inflation. take out yeah, inflation. Yeah. Consumers are still in the bunker, spending less. Yeah. Yep. So look, that'll that'll change, of course. But yeah, until there's a bit more clarity as to what's happening with with rates and so on, because again, we're back in that yep. situation. Where we're all talking about you know there can be more rate rises again. So once we get through all of that, you know, then maybe you know, a stock like this will be cheaper and. It'll be worthwhile, but I think too risky at the moment. Okay. And our final stock, uh, Michael, is Solva Financial Services Company, mainly in the car loan uh, business. Yeah, so I think this used to be Money3. Oh, um, right. So, okay. Yeah, so it looks like they had a trading update a week ago. Uh, yeah, they, they're growing their revenue a bit, but clearly it's a tough environment. Again, comes back to, to interest rates and, and disposable uh, disposable income. So everyone bought their cars a few years ago, and um, and, and now there's I think a bit less of it. Um, you know, it's interesting when you look at the share price over a longer period of time over the past few years. It peaked a few months before all those yields started going up um, in in sort of towards the end of 2021. So it seems to be 
uh, a reflection of um, you know, more, bond, more bond prices money. in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, again, we're just at a difficult part of the cycle to take a punt on something like this. It's yeah, still yep. down trending. I'd just steer clear for the time being. Yeah. Um, in businesses like this, it's much easier when they cheat money around, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and yeah. look, there you go, to your point, um, ever since interest rates started to increase, um, it's been negative for their share price. Mm. Um, Kevin, Solvar? Yeah, we we used to follow this when it was money three a while ago. We haven't followed it for a while. It hasn't met our filters. The the debt's very high. Uh, again, though, you have to look at what they're doing with the debt. Is it more like a bank? Are they borrowing to lend it out? But even then, uh, in rising interest rates and high interest rates would, would be a, a problem, I would think. Um, their return on capital is too low for us, and their stability of earnings growth is, is not the best. It does just come into our filters a little bit, but not too bad. On the plus side, I suppose their, uh, their PE ratio is quite low at 4.6, we make it, mm. um, which means that tends to reduce the risk if the PE is low. It's already a lot of the risk has been taken, you know, has been priced into it, if you like. Um, but it's not really one that we would look at at this stage. Yeah. They've been making a few capital raisings along over the years. Uh, so that's another thing to sort of watch out for. And, and uh, Kevin, do you agree with uh, – we get a lot of comments from um, the panellists here on the call saying uh, just because a stock has a low PE, um, you know, it might have a low PE for a reason. Uh, not the yeah. fact that it's undervalued because a lot of people go, oh, gee, it's low PE, it's the bottom of their range, beauty, that's a buy signal. Well, it's a bit more complex than that. Absolutely. No, I agree completely. Low PE on its own is not a good thing yeah. um, necessarily. It, it depends on, you have to look at, from our point of view, you have to look at the quality of the business and occasionally you'll get a really good quality business that's doing really well and, you know, in our judgment, perhaps, uh, will continue to do well, but for whatever reason, the market drops the PE down, in which case that can be a, a buying opportunity. Yep, okay. But you're absolutely right. Uh, don't just look at PE, don't just buy on PE alone. Yep, all right, let's recap the uh, uh, the final five stocks here on the call for this, uh, <coughs> excuse me, for this Thursday. EDU, a no from both uh, Kevin and Michael. Uh, Dalrymple Bay Infrastructure Fund, the um, that owns the big Hay Point coal loader uh, near Mackay in Queensland, biggest coal loader, coal port in the world. Uh, a no from Kevin, a hold from Michael. Uh, same with vicinity, no from Kevin, hold from Michael. Uh, Universal Stores, a no from both. Um, luckily here in Australia, we're we're sort of blessed with some great retailers. So if you're looking at retailers, there there are plenty of really good ones around in that sector. Uh, Kevin pointed towards Accent and uh, JB Hi-Fi, and Solvar is a no from both. Kevin Robinson from Team Invest, good to have you aboard, mate. Thank you kindly. Good Thank you, Koshi. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities, always good to chat to you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks again.
Um, thank you for your company today. Hopefully you've uh, enjoyed the show. I love this show because we get through a lot of stocks and some really good insights into them. Now, if you'd like us to cover any stocks in your portfolio or you may, what you may be interested in, I can put them to our expert panel. Uh, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks and list them there or tweet us using the at osbiztv handle. And uh, don't forget, if you've got any comments about the stocks or any particular questions you want our panellists to answer in regarding to a stock, add them in as well. We love your comments. We love your questions. And the panellists do as well. Stick around. More of Ausbiz coming up. The Pulse is next. <laughs> 